everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and I'm here to bring you our flagship show. Yeah, I know it's kind of weird hearing me on the flagship show, but I've done a couple in the past. Of course, I was one of the founding fathers of this show, but I've sort of branched out into some other things in our podcast network. But given how scheduling lined up, uh, what better time for me than right now to jump back into the flagship show? And we'll talk about a lot of things tonight. But most of all, we're going to talk about what to do or what Bayern Munich should do to replace Leon Goretzka, who suffered a ill-timed injury to his hand and finger this weekend. Really tough situation for Goretzka, who had, in my mind, a, a really solid match against Mainz. And uh, it's just poorly timed for him. And of course, for Bayern Munich, when you <laughs> when you have such a thin roster, and especially in the midfield, uh it's not it's not good for the squad to say the least. But uh, let's just take a quick look back at the Mainz victory. Bayern Munich, in my mind, did what they had to do. And if you listen to me on the post game show, that was the big theme. Bayern Munich didn't look great in all aspects of the games. By all means, the the attack was choppy. I, I for one, am still waiting for the team to really start to integrate Harry Kane into the attack. It seems to me. And I don't want to go on too long about this, but it does still seem to me that there's some reluctance from the other attacking players to give up a part of their own respective games. And I think that until that happens and until this starts to look a little more uniform, a little bit more in sync, uh, I don't know that Bayern Munich is going to be well equipped once they get to those final stages of the Champions League to really compete against the best teams in the world. And I think Bayern has the talent level to match up with anyone. I know right now City is the standard bearer and they are the favorite. And you also have a very, very good Real Madrid team among other good clubs. I would rate Bayern right behind them right now, but I think that they could get to that level. They just have to figure out a way to get Kane fully integrated. And for his part, I think Kane has done really well to be able to produce in this situation, but there are things within his own game he could change. He could be moving a lot more, a little more activity in the final third, especially within the box would be great to see. But this is a feeling out process. I know that Kane has a good relationship with Tuchel. We'll see how that plays out. And we'll see if attackers like Leroy Sané and Jamal Musiala and Kingsley Coman, among others, are able to sacrifice a little bit of their own desire to shoot in favor of setting up Kane a little more. And that to me is really the biggest key to the season. And we still haven't seen in my mind, the best of what Bayern Munich can be. The midfield in the mind scheme, I thought did really, really well. Goretzka goal and assist Kimmich, I thought was fantastic. It was a really good showing for them. And that's why this injury to Goretzka is so unfortunate. He absolutely <laughs> in my mind has really come into his own this season because he's stepping over the criticism of Tuchel. Tuchel has put Goretzka in the doghouse. Goretzka has been flamed on social media. It's a very difficult situation for a player to deal with. On one hand, you have a player who's naturally talented, who works really hard. He transformed himself from a beanpole of a central midfielder into a somewhat hulking figure. Uh, he goes box to box. He works exceptionally hard. Has he had all A-plus efforts? No. And not everything has been great for him this season, but I think he has been good. And the hate for him online 
is really out of control. And, and I think it really gets, it really becomes a situation where Tuchel throws more fuel onto that fire with some of his statements and some of the way he is handled. It's like he cannot wait to get Goretzka out of the lineup. And it has appeared that way since last season. And it's pretty much rang true all the way through to now. And it, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I know that Tuchel has this vision of a, a tackling number six midfielder and moving Kimmich up to the number eight. Kimmich doesn't want that move. Goretzka, in my mind, has done more than enough to warrant being a starting 11 player. I just wish at this point Gretzka hadn't sustained the injury because it would have given Tuchel a little bit more of a chance to view that partnership between Kimmich and Gretzka to see what they could do together and maybe give the club an opportunity to reassess exactly what kind of player it would like to go out and get in January for the central midfield. And if it needed to go out and spend as much as I fear they're going to. And again, in these situations, it's not my money. And I'm not overly concerned if the club's going to go out and spend 70 or 80 million on a midfielder that ultimately might not start. I shouldn't care, but I do. Um, Because I think decisions like this eventually affect the coach and what kind of decisions he will make. For instance, if you go out and you have to spend 40 to 50 million to get Calvin Phillips from Manchester City, there's going to be an inclination for Tuchel to use him because Byron went out and spent that money. Why let an investment sit on the bench? And I think that the club will give whoever they get, whether it's Phillips or Jao Paulina or anyone of that ilk, they're going to give them an opportunity to start. They're going to take time away from someone. That, in turn, is going to force a player like Gretzky to the bench. It's going to force Kimmich into a position that he doesn't want to play and has been very vocal about not wanting to play. This is all a a situation that, in my mind, could be very combustible. It could be something that that really does crack the foundation of the team. When you have such leaders like Kimmich and Gretzka being among the players affected, you already have Matthijs De Ligt in the the doghouse. Thomas Muller barely gets used. Manuel Neuer has been injured all season. This is a team right now that is surviving and doing really well because they have this base of veteran leadership and this camaraderie built up. The more new players that are integrated, the more decisions by Tuchel that are questionable, it's going to open things up for players becoming disgruntled. And I think at that point, we'll hear some of those stories start to leak out to the media that maybe we're not getting right now. So I know that's looking far into it, but I do think depth is needed in the central midfield. I just don't know that Bayern Munich needs to go out in January and spend a hell of a lot of money to bring in a player who may or may not be better than what they already have. So that to me is a, a a good thing to look at for January and how that plays out is really going to have as much of an impact as how Byron really integrates Kane into the attack more. Uh, those two situations are absolutely two of the things that will be themes for the second half of the season. Defensively, as I said on the postgame show, it was not a great effort for Bayern Munich. It was very disjointed. Communication was poor, positioning was poor, awareness was poor. The foursome of defenders, Kim Min Jae, Matthijs De Ligt, Conrad Leimer, Alfonso Davies, I just didn't think they looked in sync. I know that it takes time to build up that rapport, to build up that relationship between those four positions, but it just didn't look great. And it should set off some alarms in a few ways because Tuchel has moved players around a lot. He has shown no confidence in Delict. He has put Limer in a position that is probably his second best position. 
over a player like Mizrawi, who specialized at right back. Now, we know that Mizrawi was injured and unavailable for this match, but Tuchel has shown the preference to play Limer over Mizrawi at times. So there are still some positions in this Bayern Munich team that are not fully settled. And there's clearly something about Mizrawi's game that Tuchel isn't a fan of, or Mizrawi would be starting all the time. Uh, so the situation that we see now is that this back line with the injuries they've had, Delict being injured for so long, Upa Makano uh, right now being banged up, Kim Min Jae was even banged up, uh, Mizrawi being banged up, Stanisic going on loan to Leverkusen, Franz Kratzig showing that he can play a little bit and deserve some minutes. All of this is factoring to there's just not a whole lot of rapport being built up among those players. There's not a lot of familiarity. They're going to have some growing pains. And I think what we saw against Mines was exactly that. We saw a group that is extremely talented, uh, maybe the most talented backline uh, playing together in the Bundesliga this weekend, but they could not get on the same page. And that was really unfortunate. I mean, granted, the team came out of it with a 3-1 victory, but Mines had a lot of trouble finishing. And that could have been a disastrous result had Mainz been a little bit more efficient in front of the net. And all of that leads to the game that we'll preview in the second half of this show, uh, the Champions League matchup against Galatasaray, where Bayern Munich is going to be tested. Now, this is not going to be a game where, you know, the Galatasaray is going to be more talented or deeper than Bayern Munich, but it does offer a stiff test, especially because Bayern Munich is not operating at full capacity. And when we look at why that is, I mean, you look at the players that they won't have. Serge Gnabry's out, Dio Makano's out. You've got Rafael Guerrero being banged up at this point. There are a lot of question marks. And Leon Greska's injury was, was absolutely uh, the exclamation point after a lot of people's expletives this weekend. Uh, Goretzka, with the medical term being a, he suffered a, metacarpal fracture and he'll, he will be out for multiple games via Bayern Munich's official statement. The big thing coming out of this is what direction does Tuchel go in to replace Goretzka? The natural idea here is that Conrad Limer will make that shift up from right back into the central midfield again, form a partnership with Kimmich and, and things should go well. I didn't really like everything I saw out of the Kimmich Limer partnership. They did not look in sync. They didn't look great together. And it's weird to say that because I really like Kimmich as a player. I like Conrad Limer as a player. They both have their separate talents. They just did not work well together. Uh, and I think that it's not something that can't be done. It, it's, again, another situation that takes time to build that relationship. And I don't know that Limer is going to be able to step right in in, a, in the high-pressure situation of the Champions League and even in the Bundesliga in the coming weeks and be able to get together with Kimmich and get on the same page as quickly as is needed. That said, I still think Limer will be the player that Tuchel looks to in that situation. But some other options are out there. Now, granted, there are not many because of the situation, but Tuchel could start to explore some things. Obviously, I think a lot of people would like to look right at Rafael Guerrero because he was able to step in a few weeks ago uh, for Gretzka when Gretzka inevitably found himself in Tuchel's doghouse again. And he did an admirable effort. Guerrero is a player that can seamlessly shift between left back and central midfield. A little bit more of a defensive midfielder, which again would probably push Kimmich into a more advanced role. 
But Guerrero is banged up. He's injured. We don't know exactly where he's at in his recovery. We know that he's working out individually. And if he's back and he's 100% healthy, he would be a viable option for Tuchel. And it would give the team a little bit different of a look. And it would also allow Tuchel to not have to rush Mizrawi back in fully and let him recuperate and recover from him his injury with more time because he'd be able to use a limer right back. The, the whole situation is a shell game for Tuchel because he's going to be mixing and matching players, switching things around just to accommodate whoever the hell he can find to fit into the central midfield. But one option I think that Tuchel should consider, and I think that this would be a way to get the team's most effective 11 on the pitch together, would be dropping Jamal Musiala back to the number eight position. Now, we've seen this in the past. This is not something that that Musiala cannot do. He has played the eight. He has played the six at even at times. And he's done so admirably. And he he brings a little different of an element to the central midfield than, say, Goretzka or Kimmich or Limer or Guerrero. There are a lot of things that make Musiala a great player. His explosiveness in small spaces, his dribbling, his vision. But if you can get him into some situations in the center of the park where he has that room to operate, and given how quickly he can explode up the pitch, it really does offer Byron the chance to focus on the counterattack and be able to be more efficient with its own attack by creating these wild opportunities that keep their opponents on their heels. And I think that was one of the great things that Musiala did was be able to get the ball in space, explode and create offense that way with his own speed of play. Now, if you're factoring in that, you know, right now, Harry Kane's having trouble getting involved in the attack, getting him out on the run, allowing Jamal Musiala to break down defenses, complementing Kane and Musiala with a 10 like Thomas Muller, with wings like Kingsley Coman and Leroy Sané, it really could open things up and give the Bayern attack some life that we're not seeing right now. And, uh, you know, in my mind, this is the way that I would go. But the big question is, more than anything with Musiala, does he want to sacrifice playing the 10 to drop back to help the team? Now, in past years, you would say, of course he would. The kids, he's eager, he's young, he wants to do what's best for the club. All of those things would still probably ring true. But Musiala this season seems intent on playing as the number 10. Tuchel... If, and I'm I'm going to go off of what I've seen in terms of quotes, what I've seen in terms of body language and relationship. It does seem like Tuchel has been very reluctant to move Musiala from the 10. Musiala has shown some attitude, maybe a little bit of ego when being removed from games. It's not something we have seen from him in the past. And I do think as a player, he's maturing to the point now where he's starting to get that pro attitude that we haven't quite seen from him in the past. And now that he's achieving certain levels of success, certain levels of notoriety, I think that now he's really wanting to put a stranglehold on the number 10 position. And unfortunately for Thomas Muller, that means he's the odd man out because Tuchel does not want to cross Musiala because Musiala is considered Germany's brightest young star. He's also Bayern Munich's brightest young star. A lot hangs in the balance with how Bayern Munich and Tuchel handle Musiala over the next year. Of course, we've seen all of the transfer rumors, and they are going to be there. Absolutely. The summer of 2025, there are going to be a lot of offers made for Jamal Musiala. 100% Bayern can do nothing to combat that. So all that they can try 
is to keep him extremely happy. And if he's happy, he'll be more inclined to, to sign his name on the dotted line and accept a heap of cash from the Bavarians. But all of that aside, I would really want to see Musiala make this move to the eight, play there, and help the team. Because I think getting Musiala and Muller together would really be beneficial to Thomas Tuchel's attack. It would help get Kane more involved because in the end, Muller is more of a facilitator than Musiala is. And I think Muller understands his role on the team right now. If he plays in that 10 position is to set other people up. It is to create space for Kane by dragging defenders out of the box. There are a lot of things that Muller is aware of that he's got the football IQ with that some of the other players on the roster don't have. And that's not a knock on them. Muller is 34 or something, right? He's been playing forever. You're not going to get that with a 20-year-old kid like Jamal Musiala. He'll eventually get there, but you can't make up for the kind of experience and guile that Muller maintains. And with Musiala playing as the eight, I do think it would even help Kane, not just in quick counterattacks, but Musiala demands so much attention because of his dribbling. It makes the center backs hesitant. It makes the defensive midfielders hesitant to overcommit on anything, which should help open things up for Kane. It should help open things up for Moeller. And then you have this trickle-down effect of scrambling everywhere in the back line for Bayern Munich's opponents. And if that happens, I think you'll start to see the goals really start to pour in. So if I'm Tuchel, I'm having a long talk with Musiala, and I'm saying, let's try this. It's not a long-term thing. This is a short-term solution to help the team. And I think it would be a good way to be able to get your best attacking players out there together and see what they can do. You can take a look and see what this attack could officially be like when using all of the best attacking talent. Now, again, this will not be a situation where Musial is going to make a permanent move to the eight. And certainly at this stage of his career, Muller's not going to beat out Musiala, even without all of the extraneous stuff that is going on between Musiala, Tuchel, and the club. So it's a situation where Tuchel's going to have some tough decisions to make. The easy way out is just to use Limer. And it's when I say easy, that's probably the move that's going to happen. And it's not the wrong move. But I think if you want to step outside here and you really want to establish something, then I think you have to take a long look at Musiala and seeing how that looks against Galatasaray and how I would just in my mind love to see how it functioned and seeing what the attack could really look like. So those are my thoughts on it. I would definitely go with Musiala. And you know, that's not saying I would commit to using Musiala in every game here. I would turn around and start Limer on the weekend against Darmstadt, I believe is the next Bundesliga opponent. So it's not, again, not a long-term solution, but I think it would be a good creative attacking option. And I think it would, listen, selfishly, it would make the game in the Champions League on Tuesday a whole lot of fun. So uh, that's the way I would go with it. Uh, we're going to take a quick break right now. And if you can, hang with us. And then we're going to preview the, Gal- the Galatasaray game in the Champions League for Tuesday. I think that one's going to be a lot of fun. There's some familiar faces over there from the Turkish side. And it uh, could make things very, very interesting. Uh, stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Bavarian Podcast Works flagship show. This is Chuck Smith. Thanks for hanging in after that break. Of course, in the first segment there, gave some final thoughts on the Bayern Munich big win over Mainz this weekend, along with who should replace Leon Gretzka. 
I went a little bit off the grid on that one, my selection being Jamal Musiala, but I think it would work, and I think it would be great to see Bayern line up that way against Galatasaray on Tuesday in the Champions League. Speaking of that matchup, we are going to go through and give a little preview of it. And if you're looking at the Galatasaray roster, you are going to see some names that you are quite familiar with. Uh, This is not a bad team. I mean, right now, listen, it's not an overpowering team. Right now, they are sitting in second place of the Super League with 25 points behind Fenerbahce. But it is a, a good, experienced, talented team. It's not as if this is a group that is going to be a pushover by any means. Uh, just look at some of the names on, on the roster. You, you you could start with Angelino, who which many people know from the Bundesliga, Lucas Torreira. Uh, let's see. Let's keep going down. Karim Derenbay, who, again, many people know him from the Bundesliga. Akeem Zayesh, who has been who was linked to Bayern Munich pretty closely before he made it move to Chelsea. Now he's on loan. We also go down. You see Mario Accardi, who is hurt right now and probably is not going to play. But uh, Dries Martins, uh, Mertens, I should say. This is Wilfred Zaha again, another player who was uh, at one point linked to Bayern Munich. This is a very talented group now it's a very weird group and i guess there's a actually i should mention one more person uh tangai and damble who again another player was made made a name for himself with spurs was linked to Bayern munich at one point but this is a group of players these are recognizable names right these are players you've seen that you've heard of that they may not be all at their peak at the moment but they could potentially create some issues for Bayern Munich. And a lot of these guys are on loan. So this is, this is a, uh, a, a, a group of mercenaries, I would say. Uh, it's interesting. And it, it, it does cause me to have a little bit of trepidation about the matchup. And I, I, I don't, I'm not going to predict Bayern Munich to lose by any means, but I do think that this group, because of the way it's set up, it's the perfect kind of team to raise up its level of play, to, to be motivated to play against a team like Bayern Munich. Whereas, you know, some of the other lower rung teams that are in the Champions League, they're there, they're fighting for their survival. They would love a draw. I think in their minds, this team has so many veteran players, so many established players, so many players who were well thought of at some point. This is a this is an instance where it could be an issue. Now, Byron, for its part, is coming into this game banged up, which we know. They know all of these players. In fact, I, I would venture to guess at some point each of these players has has played against Bayern Munich. Probably not one, but they've played against some. Uh, so Byron's going to be well aware of these players. They're, they're going to have a game plan in place. Tuchel is no dummy. He's going to see that there's enough talent on the other side, that this isn't a cakewalk. Can't walk into this game can't just roll out his bench players and say, let's get healthy for the next Bundesliga match. It's not going to happen. So Tuchel's going to have to assess what 11 players are going to work best. It's going to definitely be an interesting decision or two or three that he has. But this is how I think Tuchel's going to line up. I think we're going to get Sven Ulreich, and I think this will be his last game as a starter. I'm expecting Manuel Neuer to be back. 
I was about a week ahead of things. I thought Neuer would be back last weekend, but of course he did not play. Tuchel later came out and said that it would be about another week. So I think Ulrich will get his uh, shot here. Backline, I think we are going to see Matthijs De Ligt and Kim Min Jae. I think there's no other way Bayern could go at this point. Alfonso Davies will be at left back. And I think we'll see Nusar Misrali, uh take his position at right back and man that. And I think Mizrali will be uh, an interesting selection because I think if he's healthy, he'll be a difference maker at that spot in this match. Because I do think Galatasaray is going to be prone to overcommitting to try and attack. And with the way that Davies and Mizrali can get out ahead of the opposition, this could be a very dangerous combination, a very dangerous game for Davies and Mizrali, given the way that they play and the pace that they have. This could be a, a game where they create a lot for the Bavarians. In the central midfield, I think we are going to see Joshua Kimmich and Conrad Leimer. I think Tuchel plays it safe. He's not going to overthink it. And even though I might want to see Jamal Musiala as the eight, it's not going to happen. At least I don't think it's going to. I, the main reason is I don't think Tuchel would look at something like this and use the same brain power that I'm using to look at the situation. So it's uh, <laughs> meaning like he's a lot smarter than me and he would probably see my idea and say it's dumb. But either way, I think we see Kimmich and Limer, and that will be the combination in the central midfield. It, as far as the attack goes, it's a little bit interesting here. I think he's going to stick with Leroy Sané and Kingsley come on at the wings. Of course, we'll see Harry Kane at striker. I don't think we're going to see Jamal Musiala sit down. I don't think we're going to see Thomas Muller. If anything, we might have a shot at seeing Muller over the weekend against Darmstadt. But that is, of course, no sure thing because I think Musiala has pretty much uh, played the backroom politics and wants to, to be an every game starter and doesn't ever want to be taken out a.k.a. the Yeshua Kimmich plan. So uh, I don't expect to see really many changes at all other than Mizrahi and Limer. Uh, Limer shifting up to the central midfield and Mizrahi replacing him. So that's the way I think that Bayern Munich will line up with a prediction for this match. It's it's interesting because I do think Galatasaray has the opportunity to come in and challenge Bayern Munich. They could make it difficult but I, I have a lot of trouble thinking a group of mercenaries like this is going to be able to compete at a high level against Bayern Munich for the for over the course of 90 minutes. It's going to be very, very difficult. And Bayern Munich has the talent edge. They have the speed edge. And, you know, as weird as it sounds, even in their state of being this banged up, they're probably even a little bit deeper. So Bayern Munich is not going to have an easy one, but... They will pull out the victory. I think it'll be 3-1 Bayern Munich over Galatasaray. And that's how things will line up. If you have any opinions on the match or if you uh, have any opinions on my thoughts about Jamal Musiala potentially dropping to the eight, and if you'd like to see that, please drop something in the comments or hit me up on social media. I love getting everyone's ideas, especially with something like this, because it, it's, it's a situation with Goretzka that, Tuchel could go a lot of different ways. Nagelsmann, of course, would probably, if he had three games, use three different central midfielders. We know that. But this is Tuchel. I think he might play it a little bit more closer to the vest. I think he'll go chalk with it and just use Limer. So that's about all we have for this week's flagship show. I think you probably will have some new voices uh, coming back at you, ones that aren't me. I think this is my fourth podcast in a row. So I think you'll have some people, uh, I need no name back in the mix and whatnot. Scheduling is crazy at this time of year, of course. So 
when it gets like this, I jump back in and help whenever I can. So uh, you can get me at the Barrel Blog on Twitter. You can get the site at Bavarian FB Works. You can get I need no name at BFWIN. And then you can get our tweet, Meister Tom Adams at Tommy Adams 71. You can get Siler at CYL3R. And you can check out Bavarian Pod. Uh, BavarianFootballWorks.com where you can get all the great work from our writers and our podcasters putting out a lot of good stuff so uh, check us out drop us some comments enjoy the matches this week I don't know when I'll be coming back at you but I think it will probably be either as part of a post game show on Tuesday or with the weekend warm up which I host uh, that drops every Thursday so you can get me there Have a great week. Have a couple of beers on me and I will see you next time.